We are raw and real Western women who have endured the fires of life. And though we carry the brands of our trials, we are learning how to satisfy our thirst with the well water that comes from the only one that can truly satisfy, Jesus. Journey with us as we explore an unlimited range of topics. We will discuss our personal experiences, the good, the bad, and the ugly, along our beautiful journeys to the well, and so much more. Water up! I saw something today, and it really spoke to me, because y'all know I have trouble with, like, neg speaking negative or just... You know, not not speaking in a positive manner or an encouraging manner. Like, that's always been a struggle for me because I grew up with it. But, like, I saw something today. I think it was on Facebook somewhere. I don't know. I was scrolling. Um, but it was, like, in the first 30 seconds that you see somebody, always try to say something encouraging or positive. And, you know, like, the interactions that you... It'll, it'll change your whole interactions, which is so true considering the people that you run into every day at work, a lot of them just want to come vent and complain, which, is, I mean, it's okay to be a listener, but it's also good to kind of be like, yeah, but what's a good aspect about that? You know, like, yep. Put a positive or I like how you handled that, or, you know, something like that. Or how often, whenever the people approach you, you, you don't even have time to say anything positive because the thought that goes in your head is already negative. And then it's like, how do you come back from that? You know, it's yeah. like, even have to change your thought process before your mouth even speaks. Like, that has been a big thing for me the past, like, over the past week. Like, it is, if it doesn't glorify God, it doesn't come out of your mouth. If, if it's a thought that doesn't glorify God, then you ask for forgiveness and you wipe it clean. If, if your feet are not moving in the path that God has for you and it's not going to glorify Him, then you don't move your feet. And that's a massive yeah. undertaking. Yeah, <laughs> that it, it is. Because I'm like, but you know who my mind is, and what am I going to do with my hands? Yep. What am I going to do with them? You know, and it's yeah. just, it was it was a big deal for me. Like, he did a major thing in me this past week after our big worship night, and it's like opened my eyes to a lot of things. And he was like, if you want to do my kingdom work, you're going to do it the way I want it done, not how you want it done. And he was like, y'all know for me to get down on my knees in front of my husband like a blubbering idiot and asking for forgiveness over things, just like a whole array of things. It's not like me. And I did, and it was like one of the most fulfilling things I've ever done. And, you know, even talking about new Christian to somebody who's been a, a Christian for a long time, like you're constantly learning and changing like, in my eyes, we're all new Christians because you're constantly having to lay down something or constantly having to learn something, you know, and it's it's things like that. And to be able to take that step of laying my flesh solely down and letting God work wholeheartedly in me was something like I had never experienced before. And after it was like, he didn't even know how to accept it. He was just like, uh. <laughs> She's crazy. he was like, why are you apologizing? And I was, you know, just like laying about everything. And he was just like, I forgive you. I forgive. Like, it's weird to him because it's not something that we do every day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's, it was really fulfilling to me. And like for that whole entire week, I had had this like mellow feeling upon me. And it was like the best, like nothing got under my skin. I didn't get offended about anything. Things that I would normally just blow out of proportion like I just watched it unfold and as soon as I turned my head 
God had already fixed it. He was like, this is all you have to do. I need you to shut your mouth. If it doesn't glorify me, you don't open it. You're going to let your husband lead. I don't care what he's doing, how he's doing it. You're going to let him. You're going to keep your mouth shut and you're going to glorify me and you're going to submit yourself to me because this is what I've asked you to do. And it's like, okay. And that whole week I did that and I was, it was like the most peace had been over my house. And then it, it got lifted off and I was like, come back! Come back! Don't leave me! I can't do this on my own. But it was like, he showed me what I needed to do and then it's like, okay, now it's your turn to fully sub- submit to me and do it every day. Right. And like, as soon as it lifted off, it was like a veil had just come back and like the fleshly worldly view came back. And like, I was so sad. Like I would just wanted it back. Like, I don't want to do it my way anymore. I want to do it your way. Your way was so much easier and everything was calm. Mm -hmm. Like I liked him and stuff. And now it's like, you have to die to yourself. My new word is sacrifice yourself because God can't do anything with his fire if there's not a sacrifice and like I will do that every day and I even had to go forth and message a friend that we had a confrontation through a text message and I hadn't I left it alone for a month or two and I had to go back and apologize to her so all these things that people I had offended I had to go back and apologize for and that's not easy to do but it was one of the most fulfilling things I've ever done it was like a, a, an immediate gratification of, good job, these are baby steps, and you're going to get to where you're going to go, like where I have you, you have to stay in line with this, though. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. not, as, as a fleshly person or you know, things like that, it's just not easy to do. Like, I don't constantly have to apologize for everything. But, like, to get back what I felt, I will apologize to anybody now. I don't care if I'm H-E-B, Lord, I'm sorry. <laughs> Isn't like, that funny what you just said too? I'm sorry, it caught me like pretty strong. You said immediate gratification. Yes. We don't ever hardly see that because we don't align ourselves the way we're supposed to. But you said you experienced immediate, immediate. gratification. And it like it it was the most awesomest feeling I had ever felt. And like I just that the whole week I just got to see things how God I feel like sees them or how he allowed me to see them. And it was just like, life is so easy done your way. Like it is so easy if you would just align yourself every day and do like I ask you to do and stop fighting me. And it's like, just do it. Like it doesn't, it takes two seconds for you to get in, you know, get in the moment with me. Let me show you what I need from you. And then go about like, you get to do magnificent things at the worship group. I got to pray for Pastor Leon, and that was like an honor. Immediately, I did not take it as that because it scared me. It's like, why would you come to me? Like, why would you come to somebody who doesn't have really good prayer experience to be, you know? But it didn't matter to him. That's who God sent. It was just like a moment. Like, he opens doorways for us to do such great Mm -hmm. things that we don't even think we're capable of doing. Mm -hmm. Like, praying for people or getting this group together, doing this podcast. Like, none of us would have ever dreamed we'd be sitting here. But we're here because God aligned us to do it, and we gave in to what he asked us to do. Like, it's not that hard. It's just hard when it's things that are, as far as, like, relationship, you know what I mean? Like, husband, 
you know, things like that, it's harder to do fleshly things instead of fun things like podcasts, like truly giving yourself up is the hard part. It's the pride and humiliation. Yes. Mm-hmm. And man, if we could all learn to do that, we would definitely usher in the manifestation of God's presence and lives would definitely be changed then. That's like my thing now. Like, I want to see that. Like, I'm, I want to see it. Mm-hmm. I want to see it. Like, I don't want an interpreter to be interpreting for me. Like, I don't want to have to constantly go through the preacher. I don't want to have to do, have somebody intercess for me. Like, I want to go myself. I want to go to the foot of Mount Sinai and I want to go in that smoke. I don't care if you got to tie a rope to my foot or not. Like, I want to see. God and I want to experience what he has for us to experience and that if that requires me to lay down myself every day then that's what I'm doing and can you imagine sometimes to to somebody who who doesn't understand how faith works or doesn't understand the power of Jesus Christ and, and doesn't have a full understanding of that getting well or being healed from whatever the case may be can seem so out of reach right mm-hmm. so could you imagine if everybody had an understanding of that, if I could just touch his garment, if I could just touch his robe, I know that I would be healed. Well, if you will just seek him, if you will just if you will just follow him, find him, stay in the word, worship, get involved in your church, surround yourself with the kind of people who are doing the same, it's the same thing as, you know, that woman, I just need to touch his robe mm-hmm. and to have that kind of faith. Yeah. I think another thing that has been pointed out to me recently is that we almost so everybody portrays selfishness as a bad thing but you almost have to be a little bit selfish in your relationship with God like you've got to put that first you've got to self-exam first and you've got to lay down yourself first but everybody portrays selfishness as a bad thing like we got to do everything for everybody else but you're not going to be able to help everybody else if you don't Get right with God first. Like you can tithe and give and give and give and give. And yeah, God may reward that later. But if you're not right with God, that's not going to get you anywhere. You're not going to truly help people and fulfill his purpose for your life if you don't get right with God. So you've got to be a little bit selfish with it. Almost like, I don't really know how to explain it, but that's just been a big thing that's been pointed out to me or revealed to me lately. Like, You've got to take that time to take care of yourself. How often do we get in our own way? All the time. All the time. My mouth is terrible. And I think, too, something that needs to be pointed out is we tend to get discouraged when we fail, when we revert, when we, you know, don't ask for forgiveness or when we fall off the wagon or whatever the case may be, don't get discouraged just simply because you didn't succeed the first time. We never do. No, we never do. Third time. Yeah, no, no, no. One thing that was Seventh time. <laughs> with the selfishness was also how I view myself. Like, I've got to view myself. Because, like, I've been beating myself up this past week for something. Like, just devil's been getting to me, and I've just... It, my flesh is weak and just I beat myself up. I'm never going to get there. Never, you know, just like these thoughts keep circling in my head. And I know it's from the devil, but like God's like, you've got to see you, yourself, like I see you. All those sins are washed clean. 
You don't have to ask for forgiveness again. You are forgiven. You are mm-hmm. rinsed with his blood. You are forgiven. So go and sin no more. Like you, But it's so hard to have that viewpoint, especially on Monday morning when you're tired. You don't want to get up. You don't want to feel good. <laughs> just, it was just a dreary day. And I was, I was letting the devil win with it. Just beating myself up. Not beating nobody else up. I was over here beating myself up. God's like, why are you doing that? Do you want to be well or not? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't honor him to right. beat ourselves up. It honors him to ask for forgiveness and take mm-hmm. action. I feel like that's a big way that the devil uses, because this society is so selfish already, I feel like that's a good way that he uses to twist our thoughts about, you're not good enough to do that. You're not good enough to fulfill God's purpose. Like, he can't use you if you've done that. Like, there's so much shame Lies. and stuff with it. Yeah. But it, it, it gets in your head, and you've got to be like, no. God brought us no condemnation. Like, there's no condemnation with, what is it, Romans 8, 20 or something? No condemnation for God's children. Anyways, but I feel like that that viewpoint gets in the way of our purpose a lot of the time. Like, we're, we get in our own way all the time. And half the time, it's us doing it. Most of the time. <laughs> how, bad, how, how bad do you want to be made well? Mm-hmm. Like, that lady who was sick knew if she touched the hem of his garment that she would be healed. And she literally pushed and busted her way through those crowds like, I'm going to bust my way through to get to him. Mm-hmm. If that means you got to sit on the back burner, then so sorry. Like, <laughs> my relationship with God is going to come first. Mm-hmm. And what he has for me and the alignment for me is what's going to be first. Because if not... Right then you're not going to see your husband the way you need to, especially if he is not the godly head of your home. Why do you want to be male? Where, where, not a male. We don't want you to be a male. <laughs> no, nope. no. Where are you sick at and why do you want to be well? Where am I sick at and why do I want to be well? Well, I want to be well <laughs> because with our kids, Jill kind of touched the subject earlier, with our kids, we tend as moms to put ourselves aside, but... Because a lot of times society tells us that we're being selfish if we're not taking care of ourselves. Well, if we don't take care of ourselves as mothers, our kids can't be taken care of. So in the same sense, I need to take care of myself. I need Jesus to allow me to be well and have me taken care of so then it flows down to the next generations. It doesn't stop at my kids. It starts at grandkids, great-grandkids. It keeps going on. So that generational flow, just because I choose to lay myself down get well and allow to stay well even if you fall a little bit and get sick you have to mend yourself we can't just lay up in a bed and end up in a hospital and be like well I guess this is what my cards turned like no where's that fight where's that drive where is that hey I need to push for this and what is your motivation behind it where is that is that coming from friends family that one that one person who prayed for you to get on the right track because they prayed for you for years and it doesn't matter how long it took you to get there, that person continued to pray. So can you do that for that next person coming up? And the example you set for your kids in that, if you just allow yourself to lay in the bed of whatever depression, if you're soaking that in or what, whatever it may be, like what is that doing for your kids? Because now they're having to take care of you when you should wholeheartedly be taking care of them. Like it flows to them and next thing you know, resentment well, my mom or my dad just gives up 
you know, like I had basically raised them and raised my siblings. So like that is something that trickles down and you have to take care of yourself as Jesus calls you to do or however he sees you need to be made well. You have the power to create a generational blessing instead of a generational curse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful thing. And then to also recognize that a lot of our patterns, uh, definitely our negative patterns, are shown through our kids. So like the other day, I heard one of my kids speaking negatively about herself, and I was like, oh, that came from me. Like, not because I said to her, because that's what I said about myself. And it was like word for word. And so now I'm trying to redirect them of God made you perfect. He made you in his image. So, like, look at yourself in that positive light. Don't look at the negative that we just tend to see because everyone around us looks perfect. I said, but they're not. Nobody is. Mm-hmm. And you can definitely feed off your children as far as how they talk to one parent or the other. Like, for instance, like, majority of the time I can, like, look at my kids and be like, you know, that's enough. Whereas when dad comes in, it's like, it's not that they don't have respect for him, but it's like, oh, that's just duty. You know, like, yeah, they think he's playing. And then like, he has to get really aggressive for them to really figure out, like, I'm not playing. It's like their respect there is different, but that's something that came from me. And that was not respecting him in a light, you know, and now my Mm -hmm. kids see it. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, mom pays for everything. You know, mom does this. Well, no, your daddy is the breadwinner. Yes, I do pay the bills and I manage the money, but that all comes back to that control thing. They've seen that and they feed off of it. So now in their eyes, their father is less. And that's, and that's not how it needs to be, mm-hmm. you know. And then they'll speak against him. And it's like, I have to correct them. Like, you, you, that's not how you speak to your father. Mm-hmm. And it's like, my oldest will do that. And it's like, well, you do it to him all the time. And I'm just like, shut your mouth. Like, <laughs> I'm fixing this. Like, you know, it's like things that they've learned, it's learned. Mm-hmm. Like it is. So start looking at your kids and definitely tell you where you're messing up at. Yep. It's a hard balance it between is. spouse and kids. Yes. And especially when you start having multiple kids. Like the running joke in my family is like, oh, Jim's your favorite because he's the only boy and he's the baby. And I'm like... There no, there is no one above the other. It's all equal love, but you can't explain that to them until yeah. they have their own. But yeah, it's, it's hard to make sure that that house stays in line mm-hmm. because I, we're so drawn to. We are the mothers. We are the caretakers. Like their entire life is put in our hands, and to make sure that our husbands aren't left behind is hard to do. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a common problem, and it runs in every which direction. You've put forth all the holding and the loving and the cooking and the cleaning and the all these things, and you've placed them um, basically at the forefront of everything. And then your husband comes home or, you know, vice versa, you've come home from work, and you're trying to get all these things, and everything is calling for your attention. And I am all the time guilty will put my husband last before I would rather sweep the floors than, you know, and it's like, why would I even think like he's been out providing for me and my husband has always let me be a stay at home mom. I've always been the one that's wanted to get up, you know, and help. Like, I just want to help somewhere, but he's always allowed me and was, has always been a wonderful provider. But even then I struggled with like, Oh, he just wants five minutes of my attention. Like I don't want to be touched no more. I'm touched out. And it's like, you have to set that aside because Mm -hmm. Your kids wouldn't be here 
it wasn't mm-hmm. for him in the first place. Like that's where the love, that's, right. that's where them little bundles of joy came from was you're in his love. And that's something that you have to retrain yourself to set aside because they deserve attention too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They don't mind giving it to us, you know, be the first thing they do. They come in, give you a kiss or, you know, want a hug or whatever. And like, we're like, yeah, no, <laughs> don't touch me. Oh, like, why are you always so happy to see me? it's like we just should be happy that they walk through the door there's some people who you know had to say goodbye to their spouse that day or didn't get to tell them goodbye you know those are things that you wholeheartedly need to take into consideration that somebody doesn't get to do that today and I think those are things we take for granted and spending time busy Mm -hmm. and got everything else to do and Y'all shared an example in the group text earlier this week about how mothers are with their sons, which, I mean, I only have a daughter, so I don't know that. But I can totally see where it's coming from is where we'll clean up after them all day. We will clean up after our kids all day. We will go to the ends of the earth for them. We will pick up, pick up, take their bad attitudes and everything. Yeah, there might be some reprimanding in there, but, like, we will take it all. But we won't take it from our husbands. Whenever that's that's not how it's supposed to be. We're supposed to put our husbands first. And we need to set that example for our kids. Because, like, I grew up in a home where my dad went to work. My dad provided. My dad let us stay home. Like, my mom stayed home mom. That's all she did was take care of the kids. Um, and, like, yeah, she helped with the business and stuff whenever he started doing all that. And, like, we were able to go to work and help him and all those things. But there was a lack of respect. And it, it became more of a... It became a big issue, and it ended up separating them. And so, like, that... My viewpoint was messed up, but my dad was the one that led us to church. And my mom was one of those that was kind of, like, angry at God. But, I mean, that's one of those things that you just got to pray about and hope that you don't set that example for your kids or that God will bring healing to that situation. Like, you just got to turn it around and hopefully... And, and like, I didn't realize that I was doing a lot of the things that I did, but I was, you know, acting like my mom was a lot, you know, I mean, that's natural to act like your mom and to be similar to them and like, you know, have similar thoughts and actions and things like that. I mean, that, and that, that's something that I've had to like catch myself on some things because I was like, no, that's not how God set it up to be. That's not how God wants it. Even if the situation isn't how you want it, you've got to set your negative thoughts down and not put the kids first you've got to put the husband it's like that's a situation that where you're sick at and need to be made well you know so like there's Mm -hmm. so many similar situations like that where for instance you've had the godly head of the home and then you had one who was not and it's Mm -hmm. like having to walk that fine line in between like that is a situation that you have to hand over to God, like you said, to be made well. Mm -hmm. And now that it's brought to the forefront of your mind of these are things that I'm doing, it can be made well because now you can take the steps necessary 
to start the healing. Right. See, and it's a little bit different for me. I don't particularly struggle with that. Like we had Macy, you know, Joel's the the kid person in our family. I'm I'm not, and I wouldn't change anything. You know, I I love to be her mother, but I don't struggle so much. You know, to put him first, just simply because that that leveling isn't there for me. It, I hope that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I don't love her. I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't I wouldn't trade the world for her at all. But I don't really have that that same mentality or that issue. Mm-hmm. But then that's that's a negative and a little bit of a curse too, because I don't give her maybe as much quality time as she would need, and that can turn into you know. To a negative and bad thing too. And my biggest viewpoint was my dad and my brother are those kind of men that I can ask them for anything, they will come help me. They will or come help me. Else. Anybody else. <laughs> yes. They are the best. But like I grew up with those men as examples. Like dad goes to church, dad literally helps everybody in the community. And my brother's the same thing. Like he, we, went on a vacation one time and somebody broke into our car and stole the keys out of our truck. He drove two and a half hours to get the spare keys from my house while we're sitting there waiting, looking for keys and stuff. But I mean, like, he didn't have to do that. We had just gotten off the river. Like, he didn't need to do that. He got up, got in his truck and left without even telling me. Like, just gone. But versus, like... Placing those expectations on my husband is unfair because that's not how he was raised either. And so he was raised with a little bit different thing. But he also knows that I'm an independent woman and I can kind of do a lot by myself. So he asked a lot of me. But I've kind of, I took it as a resentment type of a viewpoint at first. And I'm working on that. But like going from... I guess I'm one of those people that needs the acts of service. Like, that's how you can show me that you love me. It's acts of service, just helping me with everything. Like, I can see that a lot because me and my brother get along really well because we both help each other. And, like, that's always been a natural thing that we've grown up doing for each other. Like, we always help our family. And so having to adjust to doing a lot of things on my own was a big adjustment, even though my husband was out there providing for me every step of the way. But I didn't view it as that. Like, I took it for granted. And, and you know, yeah. like, he comes home and I'm like, I've done all this stuff. And, da, 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 you know, and, like, just being a nag. <laughs> and just being selfish. Like, viewing it as a, as a selfish perspective instead of being like, hey, I don't know what kind of day he had at work. And I should have all this stuff done for him. Like, he's providing for our family, you know. Stuff like that. Putting putting him first in that aspect instead of expecting all this other way to do it. You know, my way to do it's not always the best way to do it. Like that sermon that you and I watched the other day whenever we were scrolling the difference in being strong and being independent. Right. And like mm-hmm. I know Jess married me because I was so independent. But you can be independent to where it's a flaw, too. Right. Mm-hmm. And also being that independent, you have to slow that down to follow Christ. You can't be that independent and then expect to be dependent on Christ. You have to lay that down. That's mm-hmm. a good viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
my biggest thing in our home is I feel like I have to have control over everything. Do I? No. Do I really have control over everything? No. In my head, I think I do. <laughs> Finances, like if we get a check from one of our clients, like I need to take it to the bank because I want to know where the money goes. I will get you your portion out. The 10% comes, you know, and goes to the church. But it's like, I want to be in control of that. And it's like little things like that or what the kids do. And, and like, I just feel like I need full control. Like he doesn't need to have any say, which is not to an extent. And it was like, God was like, you're not going to do that no more. And I was like, what do you mean we're not going to do that no more? What should we be talking about? <laughs> we're not doing that no more. He was like, no, we're not. And like through that whole time, he took the checks and he took them to the bank. He put exactly in there what he needed to, took out what he needed, gave me the temperature. Like everything was fine. And he was like, if you don't let him make the decisions, he's never going to learn to. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, okay. He was like, it's like teaching a child, not that my husband is a child. I mean, he is fine, you know, with the finances or whatever. But it's like, if you don't let him do those things, you're never going to be able to let go of them when I call you to do something else. You're going to feel like you're going to be held back because you need control. And he's like, you have control over nothing. You just think you do. He was like, you have to let him be the man and do the things. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, okay. You know, and he did and everything was fine. Nothing broke, nothing, you know, the money was in there. It's not like he took it and run. Like, he never does that. But it's like in my head, it's like if I don't do that, then everything's going to be messed up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, you have to let him. Just let him do it. Well, that's funny because that's an expectation that we have set up for ourselves. Uh-huh. That's nothing that God set up for us. That's our expectation that we have, that we're placing so much worry on and stress on, but it's it's our expectations that we need to lay down. And making decisions around the house, it's like, I feel if I don't make the decisions or plan out the day, that the time will be wasted. Like, we got 11 horses out there. They need to be ridden. If I don't stay on top of everything, that it's not going to get done. And God was like, we're not doing that no more. Your husband goes out there and works far beyond what is asked of him. And it's like, you're going to stay off of that too. And so, like, I didn't say anything when he was like, hey, I'm going to go do this, this, and this. I never threw a fit. Nothing. I was just like, okay, you know, whatever. And I come back. By 9 o'clock that night, every horse was ridden. And it's just like you make things worse than what they need need to be. Mm-hmm. You create this whole big thing thinking that you have control and now you make him feel less of a man like you need to just be quiet. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, okay. Yeah. Well, God designed women to be a helper. Like we're supposed to help not tear down our husbands, lift them up. And, and culture, means, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say culture has taken that away from us. Mm-hmm. We, we are designed to play a specific role per the Bible. It's spelled out for us exactly what we're supposed to do and the, the role that we're supposed to uphold within our homes and our families. And the world has, to some extent, taken that away from us mm-hmm. and created imbalance in our homes or created a window for us to create imbalance in our homes. Yeah. Well, like us going to work or having to work for, to be, like, if we're the breadwinner of the family, for instance, like, it's a lot of pressure, and God didn't design us for those type of pressures, and, you know, to take care of the home all at the same time. He just designed us to take care of our home first. Yes. But a lot of times, we get our priorities mixed up, and we end up putting work first, and then we get frustrated whenever our home's not in order. Yeah, because we're not putting it in order. 
but it's, you know, got to deal with the times, you know. And it's a hard thing for the man, too, whenever the home is not in order. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like I said, Keegan has always let me stay home. Working has always been something that I wanted to do. And every time that I would try to get a little something to bring something in to make me feel like I was doing something to help, like it would already always cater through and I'd always be back at home, which is rightfully where I should be. Mm-hmm. But while you're home... You are to tend to the house. Like I, my husband never stepped in from the rig or, you know, from when we moved to the ranch, like never stepped into a house that was dirty. If I was home and not doing, you know, out there on the ranch working or whenever he worked on the rig, like those whole 14 days when he came home, that house was immaculate. He came home to a cooked meal uh, all yard work, all animals were taken care of. Like that was my job. The kids, you know, whatever I need to do, groceries, all of those things were tidy and in place and whatnot. And like, I feel like as a woman, if you get to stay home, that is your role. That is what yep. you do. And I'm not saying that you're anybody's foot rug, but that is something to take pride in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To have some, to have a home like that, to have your husband to be able to come home to, who's probably did have a rough day, gets to come home to everything taken care of, and now he can solely just put his mind on you and not have to worry about everything else that would be there that would be calling his name. Well, that becomes a place of peace for the dog <laughs> instead of he walks through the door and it's mass chaos and he doesn't even want to be there mm-hmm. because of the order of it. And now I find myself, even though we own our own business now. Like, when I get up in the morning after I have my quiet time, my first initial thing is to start picking up or do laundry or do things before I make my way outside, you know, to do things because I don't want him to feel like that's something that he has to take over to. Not that he would, because, I mean, Keegan probably really could just care less. He's just going to walk out the door, you know, whatever. But it's just like, I don't ever want him to think like he would have to take that on too. And he's, he doesn't require me to be out there, but I choose to be because I am a helpmate to my husband. Mm-hmm. He is full-on capable of doing it all himself, but God ordained and orchestrated all of that out there. Like, why wouldn't I want to be a part of that? Like, I mm-hmm. want my husband to succeed in everything, and that's where I need to be made well at because most of the time I'm not helping him succeed when I'm wanting to be in control, not letting him make decisions, not, you know, do I'm holding him back from being a man because I think that I need to have control on it. So I've been made well there now. Yes. God told me I have been made well there (laughs) and we are not going back. So yeah, that was a place where I was sick, wanting to have control and thinking I needed to move him in every step of the way when he has never once come in and told me this house looks like crap or you didn't do the dishes or why is the lawn like never has he ever he's always walked over there and done the dishes or started a load of laundry no it may not be the way I did it but the effort was there and he did it Mm -hmm. it's like those things like he makes the way and he never you know God makes the way for him to do those things I just don't allow it and then I complain when he does because it wasn't done the way I wanted to. <laughs> and it's like, what was the point of that? Like you created in a situation there, like that's pointless. Like, why did you even open your mouth? Mm-hmm. He was trying to bless you because just maybe you, he seen that you didn't have a good day, even though you didn't have anything to do when he was working out in the blistering cold. Like, but you chose, you didn't do the laundry that way. You put the whites in there with the, like, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I know I'm not the only one that does that. So I'm just saying. Yes. 
It is. It, it's really. It's really hard. Okay, whenever <laughs> your husbands are like, "Hey, I fed. Hey, I did that. I hear about it for a week. I'm like, do you know that I feed six days a week? <laughs> I feed you. <laughs> I found that keeping a checklist is not healthy for your home. No, not <laughs> it's at not all. Fine. It's not fine. Not. So I'm just like, we used to do that. Just quiet. Oh man! Well, we used to both do that. We come in. I'd say, "Oh, I did this, this, and this," and he'd say, "Well, I did this, this, and this." Like, we both just wanted recognition mm-hmm. for you know what we had done. We just wanted the other to one to recognize it, you know. Right. And we were wanting the same things, and we're not going about it in a healthy way. Yeah. And that's something that God has healed in in our home and in our family. <laughs> and it's like being made well isn't just for you know crippling situations like of not being able to walk like or you know just diseases like it can be done in marriages you can be sick in your marriage whatever is pushing it to not you know whatever succeed like those are all things that are can be made well you just have to make room for them to be made Mm -hmm. so So with all of those things that we have talked about, whether they need to be made well or they've been brought to the forefront to be made well, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, whether you work a nine-to-five job, whatever it may be, just know that you are appreciated and that even though if your spouse does not see that, Jesus sees it and you shouldn't take it out on the other. Mm -hmm. So I think it's very important to know that what you're doing in your life will be blessed and just be happy that you have a family to come home to. Amen. 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 So let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for this evening. I thank you for the blessings of everyone being able to join in and listen and take part. Lord, I just ask that someone out there is able to receive and be able to learn with us and grow with us. Lord, I ask that you give us the heart and the desire to be the woman who stretched her arm out just to touch that garment. Don't let us be the one who just lies there and then gives excuses as to why we don't push forward, even in those hard times. But God, that we are clawing our way to you. Lord, that this world will do everything in its means to separate our, what should be relationship with you and separate all that. Lord, I just ask that you... Give us that heart's desire. Bring the Holy Spirit into our hearts so that we are eager to learn your word, to retain it, Lord, so that we can outpour it on others. I thank you for the blessings that you have given us. Keep our eyes and our mind open to the blessings that you have provided. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen.